I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer, the podcast where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff, and we are on another field trip today. Another field trip. Another it's field. must be summertime. It is summertime. We're friends who love good beer and telling stories, so we turned it into a podcast. And today we are a podcast that is on location at Oceanside Ale Works in Oceanside, California. Teachers by day, beer drinkers by night. Lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, California, beer mecca within a beer mecca. Please pour yourself a beer, pull up a bar stool, and join us. And of course, find and follow us on social media at I Like Beer the Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I Like Beer the Po one and I Like Beer the Ta one on Twitter. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, give five stars and comment. And you can always check out our website to learn more about us and, and some of our field trips here, the ones that we've been doing recently at ilikebeerthepodcast.com. Talon said we're on location, Oceanside, California. Oceanside Ale Works. I've waited almost three years to have a Buccaneer Blonde, and I'm having one right now. We are joined by one of the founding fathers of San Diego North County Brewing, our friend and old colleague. That's true. Mark Purcell, Mr. Purcell, thank you for having us. Oh, yeah, my pleasure, my pleasure. So congratulations on your reopening uh, yep. this month, and we just want to say how's it feel to be back? Oh, awesome. I, I love being back in the brewing industry. I missed uh, the people that used to come in I used to visit with and things like that, and it was so cool on our soft opening and our grand opening. It was like a family reunion, everybody <laughs> coming by, hanging out, saying, missed everybody. And then also, it wasn't just me or the beer, it was just the other people too. Seeing each other. Seeing each yeah, other, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and that was yeah. kind of timed with the reopening of, of the county in San Diego, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, after the pandemic and everything. And, you know, it was, it was rough, because I had to brew my butt off. <laughs> but I couldn't do it over time, because you never know when you could start serving. And since I don't filter my beer, I don't use any animal products, I don't use any preservative, it's all just natural beer, it does have a shelf life. So that was critical to know when I could open and have to time the brew prior to that. So we're gonna have some full disclosure. As we mentioned, Mark's a former colleague. Uh, before you were a world-renowned master brewer, <laughs> and before we were internationally acclaimed podcasters, we all taught high school together, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Back when we were humble, I guess. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I, I'm yep. not sure that counted for me. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all went. I remember when you started That's at right. Carlsbad when we were out by the pool. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and we'd go potty together. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing about people that aren't teachers don't know that you, you do sink your, your, your timetable up to the bell. Yeah, yeah, when because we restroom. had two-hour classes. Yeah. Some people you know, never know that their teachers grocery shop or go to the bathroom. Right. They see you out in the yeah. uh, line for the bathroom yeah. or at the grocery store, yeah. they freak out. What are you doing here? You're supposed to be in your room. But right. I always I always would find it funny that, you know, like there's a group of you guys, everybody meets at the same time, the same bathroom every day. Catches up on Catch the conversation up, yeah. they just left but off But then last you year. leave for summer vacation, you think your timetable's all changed, you come back and boom, you're right back in. Hey, I haven't yeah. seen you guys in three months. Hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're just right back in. You're <laughs> the five-minute conversation. Yeah, exactly. Really We'd funny. wait by that gate yeah. to sit and chat yeah. and then walk onto the potty and then come back That's and then back to the salt mines, all this, right? All this potty talk actually yeah. connects the brewery because uh, I was lucky enough to have some of your 
beers very early on. Yes. We were mostly doing them at home, I think, and uh, at our friend Trussell's house, tasting some of your beers, thinking this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> and when you opened up, uh, standing in line to the bathroom, you asked me my thoughts on your pale ale that I yeah. had that weekend. And people that listen to the podcast and know me also know this about me, or I've guessed it at least. You can't just ask me a question and expect me to say, oh, it's good, well, I'm doing well, thank you. No, I have to give notes, even though I should just shut up and say it was delicious. <laughs> but I gave you my notes saying, well, here's what I liked about it, but here's what I, I would really like to see in your beer, and then walk back to my classroom going, why didn't I just say thank you, it was wonderful. <laughs> and, but about two, three weeks later, you walked into my room and said, you need to come by the brewery. I yeah. tweaked the recipe based on your notes, and I thought, I was both delighted that you had listened and then terrified of what, did what I do? would I do? Why didn't I just leave it alone? It was a good beer. And now what if no one likes it? I'm going to have to buy it all. But that became Peerview Pale. Yeah, yeah. You know, constructive criticism, some people get buttered about that. I take it in stride. I like it. Sometimes you take it with a grain of salt. You know, so when I was home brewing, your buddies would tell you they love your beer. Right? They're yes. drinking your free beer. Right, right. Of course, they're going to tell you they love it. So, <laughs> Talent's looking at me say, realizing that's pro, not true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say, go pro, go pro. So what I decided to do was enter an amateur competition, a beer judge certification program competition. And I said, if I won an award in every state in the union, I would go pro. I missed it by Oregon. But really? I got 49 out of 50 awards wow. in every state of the union. And there's a lot of constructive criticism and things like that. And then I was comfortable with because they weren't my buddies telling right, me. Right. It was beer judged uh, people that did it. And, you know, you can read some things. It was funny. I got a 47 out of 50, which is an astronomical score for the blonde one time. Didn't mean a whole lot to me because there wasn't anything why he liked it. He just said I loved it. Yeah. So there wasn't any criticism no help. on yeah. it. Yeah. You know, so the ones who say, hey, this is great, do this, do this. Ultimately, the cash register is the best critic. You know, because you, you can make things that I don't personally like, like right. our sours. I'm not a big sour fan, but the catcher likes them. So, you know, I'm going to make them. There you, you go. Know? So when you were making the rounds, winning the awards, getting the acclaim, and, and probably learning the, the craft. Yeah, yeah. Was, so you had the blonde. Was there another style? Did you have two or three styles you were focusing on, or did different states require? Yeah, I would go to the Great American game? Beer Festival every year. And then I would just do one style, and then for that following year, I would try and perfect that style the way I like it, and then, you know, have the judges judge it and things like that. So I started with the pale, it's one of my favorite. So I did that one, then I did the blonde after that, and then I did the American Strong, which was a total mistake. Well, it wasn't a mistake, I don't know, it was just foobar or something like that. And um, I was gonna make an IPA, but a multi-IPA. I didn't realize the efficiency of the system I was brewing on. It was my third time I did it. Came out at 9.2 to 9.4% malty, <laughs> not much hops. I said, all right, I'll just make this seasonal. All right. I literally had people waiting to open. They're banging their OAW glass in the door <laughs> saying, I need my strong fix as they're tapping their veins. <laughs> so I kept it for the whole time. Then, because it's totally different than the typical San Diego IPA. There's very little hop presence in it because it's such a big malty beer and a lot of people don't really like the hops you know females have more taste buds than men or more perceived taste buds so a lot of the females don't really like the big hop forward beers but they love the malt forward beers my wife and my mother they love the strong ale 
interesting. Yeah, we yeah. used to mix, and I don't know if this was something that you encouraged or we just did on accident because we were here too long one night, <laughs> but we used to mix uh, the American Strong with the Blonde. Blonde, Strong Blonde. The Strong Blonde. Yeah. Well, that's not what we called it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Is, is this a PG yeah. This is a teacher. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We are teachers by day and we really need those yeah. paychecks. That came up because I'd run out of the red which is another one of my most popular beers. That took me a long time to develop the red, to get it just right, a little bit of residual sweetness, but not too much, and a malt more beer. We ran out, and everybody was all pissed off because you're out of red. So, well, why don't you mix the strong and the blonde? And then next thing you know, <laughs> it became mad. <laughs> and it was great when I sold out to the bars and restaurants, I'd tell them, hey, you can buy a strong and a blonde keg, put the kegs right next to each other on the taps, then you can put pour two at the yeah, same yeah. time, then you get three varieties and only have to carry two kegs. Sound guy yeah. Tom loves the blended beer. <laughs> That's true. He, he really likes secret recipes. Yeah, yeah. So we're, I'm drinking the blonde right now. Can you yeah. give us some of the tasting notes? When someone comes in, they got to order the blonde. Yeah, and, and start with the blonde. It's, it's the most difficult beer to make. You know, you would think an innocuous beer like the blonde is an easy beer to make. Totally 180 different because there's not much going on in the hops or any other big part of it. It's not bourbon barrel aged, obviously. So any kind of little infection or anything going on in it ruins the beer. You know, you can hop something up and disguise some yeah. imperfections, but this one's a difficult. It's, uh, gosh, uh, it's half Turo malt, half Vienna malt. And the Vienna malt adds a little bit of sweetness to it. The, hot, the yeast is totally neutral. It's a... Um, Southern California ale yeast, which is very neutral, finishes out really dry and crisp, has a little bit of the Vienna malt characteristic to it, and pretty low in hops. You know, so it's something, you know, you can have 10 or 12 and still operate the forklift. <laughs> that sounds like I wouldn't that, recommend yeah, that. It does sound like something that's been tested by time, though. <laughs> 10 to 12, but not 13. 13 yeah. was too much. At that point, we were cra crashing. Yeah, gigs. you do 13 dudes or American Strong Ale. You're brushing the floor off your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. So you run the gauntlet, 49 out of 50. Yes. And you say, I promised the guys I'd go pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we leased the place over off of Oceanic, small, I think it was 1,800 square feet. Then ended up leasing two more. And yeah, it just went bedlam, you know, after that. And I was only open a couple days a week. So then in 2010, I bought the building you're in here now at 1,800. And it's been nice. Owning commercial property is nice. I've got 6,000 square feet, plenty of room for tanks and distribution, and nice big size uh, tasting room that I decorated. You know, a little bit raw and boorish, but that's me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, for, first of all, let's get to the, the legendary part. First craft brewery in Oceanside. Yeah, and right. I was the fourth warehouse brewery in San Diego County. There, and I was I think it was the 14th or 15th overall brewery, and that counts in for the Rock Bottoms and the Gordon Beers. Um, the three warehouse breweries before me were Alesmith, Green Flash, and what's that one with that guard going? Oh, I, oh. I just, Greg, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so, it was a stone throws away from me. Yeah, that's that's right. what I know. And I was the first one to serve pints in a warehouse. The ABC frowned on it for some reason, but I read the blue book. That's the California Business and Profession Code. It says that you can sell on and off premise, you know, no matter the size. Right. So I did, and yeah, they were, you know, not happy with it. I had to go up to Sacramento 
my buddy Rocky Chavez, who was the assemblyman at the time, helped me out to say, look, we can do this. It's legal. It's totally legal. I wasn't sidestepping any landmines or doing anything odd. It was in the book. And they said, yeah, you can do it. And then now what do we have? 8,000 brews in San Diego because yeah. of that? Give or take, yeah. Somebody give me a pat on the back. Let's, that, right? <laughs> Let, let's taste a beer. Yeah, yeah, bring it on. So what's our first uh, one? Here? The first one's the DLF. It's our session golden ale. And it's dry hopped with hibiscus petals, peach blossoms, and rose petals. Yeah. Yeah, it's 3.8%. Yeah, you get all that, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Even in the aroma yeah, of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's 3.8%, a light beer. And a good one on a hot day. It's mm. kind of warm in the brewery right now, but apparently we can't turn on fans because of the podcast. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and DLF? Yeah, it stands for Delicate Little Flower. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? It's not sex-specific. The dudes, some of the big dudes, they like it just as much as the females. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a good session and, you know, a difference than, than what you'd normally expect in a beer because of the... Uh, dry hopping, I did. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's fantastic. Yeah, that's yeah, very tasty. It has more body than I thought I was going to have. Right. Three point eight. Yeah, and all yeah, the, it does. Uh, the floral. Well, I notes. do use a fair share of Carapils. Carapils is a Carapilsner malt, and that adds the body, head retention, doesn't give any fermentables. So that's why you could kind of keep the the ABV lower oh, right. with the carapils. Yeah. With the aroma, I thought, and in your description of it, I thought it was going to be like a spritz. I thought it was going to be a, oh. a really crisp and little watery light, and it, it's not. No, yeah. As we, we had the terminology from last time when we were at a place, was it, it still tastes, it's a beer tasting beer. Yeah, it's yeah. a little, <laughs> lot of, yeah. little yeah. Lot of flavor, yeah. but you know you're yeah. drinking a beer. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. You know, not too hop forward. Very, no. Uh, the dry hopping with the flowers. You know, help. I bet you, you know. this one you could probably do 13 or 14 and still operate. Oh, you sure. You could still operate yeah. the, the forklift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think you metabolize it, drink, uh, yeah. quick, drinking it quicker <laughs> than the alcohol. <laughs> so let's talk just real quick for you, just kind of even going back beyond. You, do you remember kind of what was your, your first wild beer that got you into maybe the home brewing part of it or thinking, hey, I want to see if I can, can make something like this? You know, I like the science about it. Yeah. You know? Being a former woodshop teacher and math teacher, I really dig the science. I was making, you know, every Friday, get up, school, go home, brew to four in the morning, start again <laughs> Saturday morning, brew. I probably shattered a few laws making that much because uh, back in the day, you're only allowed to make 400 gallons per year, according to the Tax and Treasury right. Bureau. So, yeah, but... Allegedly. Don't get me. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. So I just love the science and then... Well, I remember you telling me, you, you said you brewed 399. Yeah. Yeah, three, think, 399. Yeah, 399.9. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. The rest was just water. <laughs> 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 yeah, then uh, I was making a bunch of before I was entering competitions. Um, no, Sean DeWitt pretty well from Coronado Brewing. Mm -hmm. And he told me, gave me a good piece of advice. He said, never name a beer till it's done. You know, okay. so I'd make it all, I'd have the carboys. I had one or won a ton of awards on was uh, my big Rue Scottish Wee Heavy that I'll be coming out with in fall. And I put it in the carboy, and then I had this kegerator at home with, I think, 15 taps to all my different beers, and I put the carboy in there to age it. I forgot about it for over a year. <laughs> it was sitting in their crash cool for over a year. I drank that thing, and I go, man, this is wonderful. <laughs> entered some competitions. I won the Blue Ridge Brew Off which is a four-state regional somewhere out there on the East Coast with it. So, And I make that generally every fall. 
our Scottish We Heavy. Looking forward to that. Right yeah, now. yeah, 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 fact, yeah. Last time we Jeff and I ran into you was at Coronado Brewing. That's you're exactly having a right. double IPA. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. You're having dinner with our wife. Oh, that's you're, right. You're yeah, yeah, yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got a good memory. <laughs> like an elephant. <laughs> Especially if it involved the bathroom line and, and <laughs> solid advice I was giving. Did you see my bathroom line here? Yeah. I'm going to be in it pretty soon yeah, before I operate the, that elevator. Did you see the lineup? I did not. Those are Qualcomm seats. Yeah, I know. I did yeah. see that. That's oh, very cool. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. We'll take a picture yeah. of those before we leave. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of hit on it. But so someone coming here to OAW for the first time, what do they have to order? Well, you know, it's interesting to go on an odd segue with that. When everybody comes in the first time. I'll tell the bartenders, and the bartenders tell me, and we always say, hey, we got a virgin in here. Nothing derogatory about being a virgin, but the strong ale that we have in some of our bigger bills, you don't taste that big alcohol solvency, so we have to monitor them you a gotta little bit. You gotta be careful, yeah, <laughs> you no, know, yeah, yeah. They start throwing back, you know, a few 9.2% strong ales, you gotta, you gotta keep an eye yeah, on the people. Right. So um, I always ask the people, you know, first, what are they in the mood for? Some people like the hop-centric beers. Right. Some people like the more malty. Some people just like to do the little flights like right. yeah, Try them all. My theory is here, you'll never like all my beers. Right. You'll fall in love with one. And uh, taste buds are like fingerprints. Everybody's got them, and they're all different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try another beer that based, sounds based good. on that. Uh, I keep working on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the Phoenix. You Phoenix know. IPA. Phoenix, yeah. Now that's got meaning. That, that name yeah. is on purpose. Yeah, of course. Phoenix up from the ashes or whatever, you know, after we had to close down and then reopen. This one has very little hops yeah, in initial. Delicious. So it's very low in the bitterness. Right. But I put a boatload of hops really? in the bright tank. Yeah, yeah. Cascade, Columbus, Tomahawk, Tahoma, not Tomahawk, Tahoma, Zeus, you know, all just more for aroma, not bitterness. Actually, the pale is more bitter than that one, and that's an IPA. That's, that's but it's absolutely all, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all in the aroma and everything like that. But it's, you'll pick up the bitterness at the end if you wait yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. a No, it's very smooth right, drinking. Right. What and, a great IPA. Yeah. yeah. No, and I agree. Dry hopping does Cheers. give a perceived bitterness, but it's not that tongue-buckling bitterness mm -hmm. as in some. I yeah. like a tongue-buckling bitterness. You know, I have no problem with it. You know, yeah, we've had the dude. Yeah, we've <laughs> had the dude. Sometimes, you know, you want a good hop floral start up and everything like that. Maybe you don't want uh, parkery bitterness. Right. You know. And if you're, if you are that, this is the IPA for you. This for me. No, it's a great. This is, my this, kind well, this of is an IPA that you could have multiple IPAs, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. or you could have this and then have other beers and still taste the other beer. Yeah. Because a lot of times when you have those tongue covering ones. Every other beer is like, yeah. right, I, I don't right. know what I'm drinking at this point. And the good thing about beer, unlike spouses, they don't mind if you have other beers. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> so I'm right on cue with the Phoenix IPA. Okay, good. Grand right. reopening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You've had your ashes. soft opening was a huge oh, success. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in the time off, you have, because I've been here many times. In fact, coming here was like, I could have closed my eyes and driven here blind. Um, <laughs> It felt like coming home, to tell you the truth. Uh, that, that was the big comment that everybody said on both the Grand and the Soft. It was like coming home, seeing the people that everybody loved and chatted with, you know, solved the world's problems. But, <laughs> I, but I was solving the world. That's what we do. That's yeah. our job. Yeah. Tell, them, yeah. tell them we've just got yeah, we've got oh, okay. yeah, it. Yeah. But I walked in, 
It and looks, you have you've done some design yeah, things oh, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like adult Disneyland. <laughs> well, I used to work at Disneyland, <laughs> and I've always been enamored with the way they can make something look different than it really is. Like when you come in, everything is its purpose. Like as you walk in, you come up and see to the right, it looks like storage containers, but there are actually Home Depot racks behind it where I store all my glassware and things like that. And all the gauges and stuff that have gone bad for some reason, I bolt to the wall, do the steampunk kind of theme, <laughs> uh, things like yeah. that. Total upcycle. Yeah, AOC would be proud of me. Got the steampunk theme, but you haven't lost the original beach theme, Oceanside. Oceanside right, right. Yeah. Uh, you've got the, the layout with the barrels, like the harbor. Yep, 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 yep. Murals on the wall. Right, yeah. Crazy all kinds of lighting. Yep, yep. And you yeah. could sit in here for a long time. And just, just point something out. Just, oh, yeah. I didn't see that one last time. You yeah. remember yeah. Uh, Foggy Notions by San Diego State? Yes. And all the stuff just everywhere. Stuff yeah, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody just mentioned that the other time yeah. they were in here. Yeah. Oh, they must have been a Jeff. Right? Yeah. And I got a couple big gauges up there. Now, you're what? Spanish in your history, so yeah. I doubt you'd know what those, those were. <laughs> but we'll let people decide what they can figure out. Yeah, I kind of wanted the, the proletariat theme manufacturing facility but the murals add to some kind of light at the end of the tunnel after you worked your 16-hour shift <laughs> <laughs> working it, for the man it looks fantastic and the house band you got a house yeah band? yeah house bands gigawatt uh it's my brother-in-law's band and they come out and play on special occasions gigawatt i.e back to the future <laughs> so i have a buddy of a buddy that knows a guy that has one of those uh, buddy of a buddy that, that knows, knows a guy. guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not a double so. negative. <laughs> he has one of those DeLoreans. Oh, really? So I called him up. He came out. He dressed like Doc and introduced the band. That's it awesome. was neat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's cool. There's a bunch of pictures on on their Facebook or whatever. Jigawatt. They're really good. They play everything from early '80s stuff to latter '90s. Yeah, they're a good band. Yeah, very good. Then I had uh, another student, former student, Lauren Tipton, who came out on the grand opening. He runs Fireball Pizza, so he has this big trailer he made with the pizza oven and everything like that. Yeah, he killed it, man. Yeah, yeah he ran out. Yeah, That's great. he made some great za. Yeah. So we're talking about the design elements yeah. of your reopening, and we've already talked about your standards: the Pierview Pale, the Buccaneer Blonde. Uh, the dude's coming. Yep, yep. The, we're growing it tomorrow. Scottish heavy's coming yeah, in, in the autumn. Yeah, that'll be fall. Yeah. But as far as beers, what's new? Um, well, what's new and what's old, I have the ones you just mentioned are the proletariat board for us working people. <laughs> or is it we working people? I think it's us working. You're the English guy. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. You know? And then I have the bourgeoisie board. So they're newer beers now. But uh, Tennessee whiskey barrel aged bourbon I found in the back, and it's five years old in a Tennessee whiskey barrel. Then I have the bourbon barrel aged red with five vanilla beans in it. That was in a Heaven's Hill barrel. Then I have the sours that have been aging forever in barrels. So I've had the time to just set them and forget them. And the warm temperature is not that important, especially with the sours. The more lacto and pediococcus it goes off, the more sour it gets. It's like blue cheese. How do you know when it goes bad? <laughs> and, and in our, our pregame, we had your green blueberry yeah. and strawberry sours. Yeah, yeah. Two very different sours, yeah. both yeah. excellent. Yeah. Did you have a preference on the two, Don? 
I kind I really like that blueberry one. I think the strawberry is great too. I, I just thought that the it had just a little smoother finish, you know. For again, it's one of those ones where if you're sitting there drinking multiple, uh, but they were both yeah. really good. Well, I like really I say, good. you got to take Prilosec for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're pretty acidic, you know. And each each one of those will be different because I don't blend the barrels. So what I'll do is I'll take one barrel, do the special concoction for the fruit. So some might have more botanomyces in it. Right. Some might have more lacto, some might be a little more neutral, so that's a buddy of mine, Rob White, he owns Fort Myers, and somebody comes in and he says, this strong's a little different, and Rob says, that's why you go to breweries, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit different, you know, right. every time, and the sours will be different through every barrel I go. Each barrel gets me about four kegs, so each one may be a tad different, or there's one that's pretty blue cheesy, <laughs> real different, but you never know, you never know who might dig it, you know. Right, so you were open up at the same time as Ale Smith, Green Flash, and the Gargoyle Brewing. Yeah, is yeah. The, is that Gargoyle yeah, Brewing? Is that yeah, yeah, Gargoyle or something like that. <laughs> yeah, Chris Ketchum uh, will bust my balls for the brewery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what are the changes you've seen in the brewing industry? You're in early, and yeah. again, you're one of the founding fathers of North County Brewing. What, yeah. what are the changes? Better and worse? What oh, you way better. Uh, I mean... With the White Labs and Y Yeast, the yeast manufacturers have really stepped up to the plate because there are so many people buying and things like that. They can develop and perfect their wares too. The grain supplier, which is great, is right next door to me, right up that hill. So I don't have to pay big shipping. I go on my pickup truck, I pick up the thing. The beers out there nowadays are, are wonderful. They really perfect the system. Rob at Premier Stainless makes the most awesome equipment. Mine, on the other hand, is an old Frankenstein system. I have, <laughs> I have one of the last direct fire all manual brew houses in the country. I think Booze and Benji over Culver. You know, we're all still manual, but most of them are the push button, which is fine because Robert Premier Stanley has done a great job at really getting the, the brew houses working well. So that, well, I say, I mean, I can't think of a brewery I've been to where I said, oh, this is crap. They're all really good. You know, maybe a style I don't right. like, but overall, what they're doing and everything's been neat. And uh, tons of people always say, hey, you worried about the saturation? You worry about the saturation? Absolutely not. When Black, uh, when I was still open, when Black Plague opened, there were like a nine iron from me away. More <laughs> people would come by. Brandon Hernandez used to write about me. He said, I'd go up there more often, but you're out on an island in North County. But now not that anymore. there are more coming, right, right. having that central location that people can go, hey, let's go here, let's go here, Same let's go here. Ones, right. Yeah, it's worked out well. Back in 72, they said the wine industry was going to saturate itself. Napa Valley's still going crazy. And was it 2021 now? Right. Yeah, so I don't think the saturation's an issue, especially nowadays with, you know, the drinking and driving issues, traffic issues. You go to your local spot that's closer walking distance by, that's where you're going to go. You know, you're not going to drive 30 and miles down the tourism, like, like yeah. wine country. Yeah, yeah, brewery yeah. tourism. Is yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and North yeah. County is, you know, yeah. Vista. We've talked many times about Vista being brewery friendly. Yeah. And once you get here, spread, yeah, spread your wings. Yeah. And we and say look if at you're coming to San Diego now. to check yeah. out breweries, yeah. give yourself two or three days for North County. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, at least. You know, like I say, you got downtown. You got Booze Brothers downtown Oceanside. You got Kilowatt. And then uh, craft beer and tacos. Yeah, then, yeah. That's right there. That's a good place. They have a really good Mexican lager down there. 
in you, great tacos. You're going to Bagby's. Yeah, Bagby and then Breakwater. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a ton to go. And then you come up here, pass by Oceanside Brewing Company, Legacy, come up here. Then you got Black Plague, you know. Jordan I know fairly well. One of these days I got to do a collab with him and call it Rat Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> we have heard in our travels around North County to breweries, I guess the old teacher and you never dies. Uh, you've been brought up as a mentor. Yeah, uh, certainly yeah. been in Mike over at Culver. Yeah, and yeah. the Gordon Brothers. Yeah, uh, Booze Brothers. Booze Brothers. Um, Gordon, brand new brewery, Blue Fire in San Oh, Marcos. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, in Booze, they helped them out get started. Davey and Donnie, Benji over at Culver, Ketchum who runs Liberty Station. Yeah, he brew. Oh, I don't have that uh, article up there. He came in here helped me brew when he was a driver for Stone. So he's brewing. <laughs> And Greg comes out, catch him! Catch him's on fuck, I'm in trouble because he was in the paper. (laughs) But I guess Greg was pretty cool. Says, hey, good, you're learning the industry. You know, and he helped me out and things like that. Now he runs Liberty Station. Terrence went over to Marvel. Oh, Ryan Hamill, never brewed a batch of beer, worked for me in Prentice for like six, seven months, worked me for another year. He's now a lead trainer brewer at Firestone Walker. Really? Yeah, and then Jake, he brewed with me for a while, went to Ballast Point. Went, ran his dad's brewery at Fort Myers, came back, and now he's working at that athletic, the non-alcoholic, mm-hmm. growing, doing quite well. Gosh, there's a bunch, you know. I call myself the AAA team. <laughs> <laughs> but they hire them sight unseen because it's not a push-button system. So all the kids that train, you know, they know if there's a problem, they know what to do. Right. You know, I've always been a kinesthetic learner, so, you know, when I train, I go, do it. Yeah. You learn it when you're training. Doing, it, you right, know? Right. I can pontificate on you. You ain't going to remember shit. <laughs> oh, pardon me. You can bleep that out. <laughs> Ready for a beer? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. What you're do we on got the, here? That's the Tennessee Whiskey Strong Ale for about five years. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think it's 11 4. I'll have to look at the board, but around there. But still, you don't quite taste the solvency of it. No, not at all. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's why we say, we have a virgin in here, and they're ordering one of those. Yeah, you, be you keep an eye on them. Say, hey, you want a water between two of those? But you also wouldn't think you're drinking a 3.8 beer. You, you knew, you'd know you're getting into something with this. Yeah, beer. yeah. A little bit more. But it does guess 11.4. No. No. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, it's got a balance, and I do. It has a little sherry to it because yes. it's been in the barrel. That's right. But as long as the sherry characteristic is not distracting, I enjoy it, you know. No, some people do not like the cherry characteristic, no, it, but it gives you know. it some depth. Though. Yeah, like yeah, it. exactly. You, know, you said you were a wine drinker, so <laughs> you kind of like that. That that's quite good. Oh, that's, thank you, and it's thank quite you. Quite smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do see how someone could order a pint of this and not know. Finish it in 10, 12 minutes and yeah. say what else I mean, and then they get yeah, themselves yeah. in trouble. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And then they go on the forklift. Yeah. are <laughs> in deep trouble, right? Yeah. yeah, I just tell them, have a DLF now. <laughs> you got to try this one. <laughs> yeah, try this one. Sip. Please sip. <laughs> yeah. Have but a water. You give them that strawberry sour, because that is, that is a tart beer. That's yeah, a sippy bill. They'll be forced to sip. <laughs> so let's, let's go just real quick, just to get back on the teaching part of it. Anything you yeah. miss from your, your days in the classroom? Every day in the classroom, I miss I miss the kids. I don't miss administration. Yeah, you know, but I can say that because I'm not. Don't have. No, to but I think I think that's a, that's pretty standard. I think that's I, a, I, I love the teenage kids. Maybe because I never grew out of being a teenager. You know, <laughs> you could lock a teenager in the trunk, and next day they're going to love you when you let them out. Yeah, try that with an adult. You know, <laughs> no, the kids were great. Yeah. You know, 
having 42 kids in the class, you know. <laughs> Bring me burritos. That's why I went 265 pounds back in the day. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they, the kids are cool. I, I really dig. I miss. I miss. I still have nightmares of teaching when the kids just get up and leave. I go, what? <laughs> What's going on? You know? Or I was never late to a class in my 17 years teaching. Never late to one class. And sometimes I have these dreams, dreams that you were, yeah. where I can't find my classroom yeah. right. and everybody's lined out in so front funny. of the door. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Weird kind of things like that. Yeah. That, that yeah. is true. Teachers also have anxiety dreams. Students yeah. have anxiety yeah. dreams yeah. about yeah. showing yeah. up to yeah. school in their pajamas or less yeah. or, or yeah. going to the wrong class or forgetting yeah. a test. Teachers have them too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That was a great job. Yeah. Any crossover skills? Between brewing and by yeah, teaching, you're thinking about your mentoring across. Oh, the, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I can delegate very well, you know, and that's teaching. And I mentioned that uh, I can speak well in front of people because we do You've it all the time. Yeah. So You've already it's not dropped the... innocuous and bourgeois. <laughs> uh, innocuous for our country music listeners means harmless or innocent. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm sanguine with leaving because I'm running a brewery. You wanted another five dollar word, nice. <laughs> and I told you I'd be loquacious, <laughs> and I was a mad teacher. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, there's a lot of carryover, a lot of carryover in the math too. My kids would always say, you know, when I was brewing, they say, "Well, where do you, you have to use the brewing?" Oh, absolutely, all the time because I taught geometry. So you have the surface to area volume ratios and all that other kind of thing how much weight per pound per gallon and what you can do, you know, there's a lot of things in there. Although, you know, triple unknowns I never use, double unknowns <laughs> maybe, but factoring trinomials is useless. You know? I knew it. Yeah. I've been saying that for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, so what's next for Oceanside Oilworks? Like, what's what, next? What? You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm still just getting my feet wet, only been open a couple of weeks. Just reconnecting with the crew and everybody like that. Probably start distributing next spring. You know, all my distributors are still busting my balls to say, hey, when are you coming out? When are you coming out? And let me dial it in. As Peter Zion told me one time, it's like a V. You know, you go each side of the V and eventually you get it all dialed in perfectly. And I want to wait to that before I start sending it out and things like that. Right. So that would be the next step. So that, that's a pro-veteran call. Let yeah. me not put it out with my name Until it's on ready. It. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, for Until example, I made the strong ale when I reopened the first batch. You notice I didn't have it on. I don't think it's appropriate. So I, I dumped it. You know, it was a, a, there's a lady, Teresa Swift. You guys might know her in your uh, rude travels, you know. She comes in, it was our eighth anniversary, and she said, I'm looking forward to your eighth anniversary beer. I said, sorry, it sucked. <laughs> and I didn't serve it. I dumped it. She goes, well, good for you to not try and pass it on us. And I go, yeah, I'm not going to do that, you know. So, yeah, and a strong ale. Well, I'll, I'll do another one, <laughs> you know. Well, get it does, dialed in. It does remind me of being here a few years back and you telling us that sours were the wave of the future. In L.A., they're crazy about sours. Oh, yeah, and L.A. And some, some kegs in the back and said, these are for L.A. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, sour beer, yeah. that makes no sense. Right, right. Of, yeah. of course you were right. But uh, tell us about <laughs> that That early on in the sour game. Well, I, I was making blonde, didn't come out quite right, and I had a bunch of the barrels, just pretty much for decoration, all Riesling and Gord's fermented barrels. And they're a pretty sweet one. A lot of residual sugars in it. And 
still there would be some bacteria in the barrels, so I filled them up and you know tried them and let the lacto and pediococcus catch up with the beer, and then I bottled some of it, sent some to LA, some to the Bay Area, some to North Carolina, and it was really well received. That was our Dolly-esque. That was the no fruit or anything, unblended lambic. And on rate beer for three years, it was the top unblended lambic in really? the planet. <laughs> yeah, Oceanside, not Cantillon, <laughs> not somewhere out there in Belgium or whatever it was here. You know, so I did that and I called it Dolly-esque because Salvador Dolly consciously affected the weird and bizarre. And that's what I did. It was weird and bizarre. But, it, and yeah, we shipped a bunch out to Vegas. It was Craig over at City Center, that's Aria Mandarin and Cosmopolitan. We met and met with him and said, okay, we have a meeting with the Bellagio buyer. And Craig says, how much you got? And the distributor says, well, I think we've got about a pot. He says, I don't care what you think. He said, what do you got? I don't want Bellagio having it. And he bought everything, uh -huh. you know. And he was selling that stuff. We had the Upper Creek, which was a cherry sour in the Dolly Ass. They were selling it for 40 bucks a bottle wow. there. You oh, know? Wow. But like you said, Jeff, uh, Jeff, Jeff, the sours you don't drink a ton of no. quickly. No. So if you're spending 40 bucks, it was a champagne bottle. Right. That lasted throughout a dinner time. Right. So, yeah, you know, the end, the timing of it wasn't that expensive. But still. You know, yeah, yeah. So give us your hours now. People want to come out. Yeah. Want, they want to welcome we're, you back. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two to ten. Yeah, and then we're having our dude release party on August twenty eighth. You know, that's where I'm going to release the dude. The double IPA. Yeah, double IPA that we got. Oh, there it is, right there. It's the gold medal in San Diego International Beer Festival in two thousand thirteen. That's like winning the downhill in the Swiss Alps. <laughs> when you can get a double IPA gold medal in San Diego, right. that's something to be uh, nomenclatured after. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you may have been one of the first with a brewer's beard. I'm just going to throw that out. Yeah. That had a beard? No, that, yeah. That no, no, that started didn't have trend. a beard. Had a brewer's beard. There's oh, a difference yeah. between having a beard and a brewer's yeah, beard. Yeah, 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 I do. You were early in that game, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I started teaching woodshop in 91, that's when I grew the beard. Now, as I mentioned, I worked and at Disneyland. So at Disneyland, when I worked there, you couldn't have any facial hair. You had to be high and tight like you guys. So once I got in teaching, well, I had choice. Now, our by choice. Our stage is not by choice. <laughs> <laughs> this is just all that's yeah. left. Yeah, and I haven't shaved it since. They say after 10 years, if you don't shave your beard, you never will. Look at Dan Fouts. He still yeah. has a beard. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mark Purcell. You bet. You bet. Oceanside Hillworth. Yes. Yep. Yep. Legacy, yep. founding father. Uh, thanks for taking the time to sit down with us, share your story and your beer. Oh, yeah. My yes. pleasure. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah. And we Lit can go have some more right now. That sounds good. Oh, I probably shouldn't. I've got a forklift operator. <laughs> Listeners, thank you for spending the hour with us. We hope to see you over here at Oceanside Aleworks, Oceanside, California, soon. We'd love to keep chatting, but right now, we got to run. B double E double R U N beer run. B double E double R U N beer run. All we need is a ten and a five, or a car and a key and a sober driver. B double E double R U N beer run.